Welcome to the Cheddarhead Fantasy Football Podcast. All the information you need to make the most of your fantasy football league with just a touch of sarcasm to keep you from taking yourself too seriously. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this latest episode of the Cheddarhead Fantasy Football Podcast. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the show. Wayne, it's Dave. It's a Cheddarhead Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm going to get it right this week. It is April 9th. That's correct. Okay. Well, apparently you didn't catch it either last last episode. My wife had to, was listening to the show, and right at the beginning, she calls me and she goes, do you not know what day it is? I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, well, on the podcast, you said September. Oh, really? I'm like, shut up. I did not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, apparently I did. Wow. Okay, so, I, I did not catch that. I, and, and, and in my re-listen, I did not catch that. So <laughs> Yeah, September, I said. <sighs> like, wow, what was I thinking? Mm, it must have been a bad week just like this week was. Maybe you were thinking about summer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> around it's September. Already over. Because <laughs> yeah. it was a crazy week in sports this week. And I'll tell you what, it started off very good for me, very surprisingly happy. I I got a check in the mail. Oh. First, I got an email saying that, uh, uh, congratulations, you won second place on the NCAA tournament bracket. And I had stopped looking at the brackets because <laughs> both of my final teams were out before the final four. I'm like, okay, well, that was a donation of $20. And then all this, at the end, I get a thing saying, yeah, you." I'm like, are you sure? Did you count that right? So $102 I won. Well, I cleared 82 Well, hey. Better than nothing. Money's money. Exactly. So it started off good that week, and then and then I uh, came the, the bitter, angry part. <laughs> Talked about this at the production meeting this morning. So, where so just just your regular, regular old regular man. Day. Yeah, I need to retire. I need to be put into a home. <laughs> but I, uh, I decided that you know, maybe maybe the Twitter thing isn't for me. I'm really trying. <laughs> I'm really trying. Well, maybe maybe not engaging in Twitters for you. Maybe just put <laughs> posting things is okay. Just don't engage in. Well, it. but that's it's like you have to read all these things. And you, no, you no, don't have you to. don't. Are you I don't have to read them. <laughs> you do not have to read all that crap. Oh, oh my God, <laughs> it's like being on Facebook or oh. any other platform. You can just ignore them. Idiots out there saying Clyde <laughs> Edwards Alaire is going to have a better fantasy year than Javonta Williams, and you just got to slap these people down. <sighs> I have the same problem. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so you're saying the first thing is, is admitting you have a problem. Yeah, I, I have a predilection for for uh, wanting to put people in their place that are just stupid. It's oh, like, my God. why are you on, even on a social platform? You don't know anything. And I, I think I'm going to start, rather than writing a whole bunch of stuff, I might start the Pat McAfee Twitter response where he just, like I like I did with the Clyde Edwards-Alair guy, I just, I just wrote, just stop. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what Pat McAfee does. He just does two little word things like just I, I he just doesn't revo- well, involve. Th- I mean, back and forth. Yes, you you don't want to get involved in back and forth with knuckleheads. Oh. And then I'm seeing why, why do why am I getting all these these 
when I set up our Twitter for the fantasy football podcast, the following, not even following, but just things that I'm interested in. I put fantasy football, football, sports. Why am I getting all the tweets from Governor freaking Tony Evers? Oh, I know. I know. And then I got a shot. Wait a minute. How does that relate? Telling me about um, education and the greatness for our kids. And then I got to shoot back at that dumbass. (laughs) Like, why? Wait a minute. Do you you honestly think that... Governor Evers. No, is, he doesn't read it. He doesn't. He. I don't think he even wrote the tweet. No, that's, 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 it, that's it, what I was gonna ask. Like, yeah. you don't think he actually writes those no. tweets? Okay, it, it's like President Sippy Cup. He doesn't write his tweets either. Oh, he you actually know? tweets. Well, his people do. Oh, that's interesting. His his puppet master. I'm imagining he doesn't even know what Twitter <laughs> is, but that, that's just me. I don't know. Well, he knows who Corn Pop is. You know, he's like, oh, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> And then the Masters started. Oh yeah, Thursday. You, you mean you mean the the Tiger Woods all comeback hail Tiger tour? Woods? Yeah. Well, forget I, about all the other good golfers out there. Tiger Woods is playing. I've just learned something today. In fact, on the way home from the restaurant this morning, because I was listening to um, Fox Sports on 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 Sirius XM. Oh, you listen to the communist station? Okay. I do. I do. Well, you know, better communist than. <laughs> Anyways, so I was. No, Fox Sports is not. Fox is not communist. They would be right wing, if anything. Yeah, isn't Fox right wing? Isn't that? Aren't yeah. they the? Yeah. yeah, not communist. No, I, I'm saying they're communist because oh. they're. You know, I listen to ESPN because I'm American. You, you listen to ESPN because uh, I want my pablum. Ha- yeah. <laughs> you want all the wokeism. Exactly. Right. I want to be woke. Anyways, Tiger shows up Thursday. Plays pretty well. For a guy with a, with a leg that looks like the contents of a Snyder's pretzel pieces bag. Yeah, he, dra- he drags his leg around the course. Oh, my God. He looked like a zombie walking. Yeah, he did not look good. No. I mean, from from the waist up, yeah. he still looks pretty studly and looks pretty yeah. in pretty good shape. That right leg. But, yeah. That, that has a unusual bend, kind of like the whole <laughs> Peroni's disease commercials I keep watching on TV. <laughs> but uh, so he played pretty well on Thursday. And oh my God, the praise amazing! Oh, Tiger Woods is going to win this thing! Oh my God, Tiger Woods! Was, Tiger Woods, he, was Tiger Woods. he tied for tenth? I think that's what it was. Yesterday right? or today? No, um, Thursday. Thursday. Uh, yeah, he was in the top ten. Yeah. Yesterday, he uh, played like a guy with a leg that looks like the contents of a mm-hmm. Snyder's pretzel pieces bag. But yeah, didn't he have? Didn't he have a? He did not do good. Didn't he have a hole where he had two just horrendous shots back yeah. to back? Yeah. It's like, it's like. When have you ever seen Tiger Woods hit a bad shot, number one, uh, and hit back-to-back bad shots? Yeah. That doesn't happen. So that happened, and then barely made the cut. So today, a I'm lot on of my the way money, home. a lot of the money was on him not making the cut. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, because they were saying that uh, Tiger Woods is going to uh, bankrupt Vegas. I'm like, stop again, <laughs> just stop. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because because you know Vegas is very vulnerable. Yeah. To that, yeah. <laughs> So you don't get work on both sides. Yeah, exactly. So um, on the way home then all of a sudden, because he did really bad yesterday. Now we got all these talking heads, just like bad mouthing Tiger and, oh, but what did you expect? Oh, his leg is bad and this and that. Like he just got back from, uh, dude, you were just calling him the greatest <laughs> thing ever yesterday. <laughs> and now we're not giving enough credit to the number one golfer in the world, uh, whoever Scheffler, who's in first place, yeah, and Scheffler's being denied this because when 
all because he didn't get in a car accident and what what happened? What bizarre <laughs> world am I in? You're you're in the Twitterverse. Oh my god. So it's a long little jibber jab, but uh check out the website cffpodcast.com. Everything we talk about except Tiger Woods. Yeah. will be there. Uh Fantasy Girl today, we got news and notes. We have our our top, I think I have 13 rookie receivers in the draft as we rank them 1 to 13. How many I, do you have? Uh, on my list, I have like 20. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of as, them not worth talking about. Well, as we spoke about this morning, <laughs> I, I have a specific take on a lot of them. This draft class. Um, we have, what else do we have? Uh, news and notes. All kinds of news and notes. Not a whole lot of it fantasy related, but we'll we'll kind of twist it into fantasy. The stuff we talk about. <laughs> twist it into We'll fantasy. twist it in there somehow. <laughs> and then we, before we get started, uh, remember to send us your emails. CFFpodcast at hotmail.com. You got a question you want answered? We'll answer it for you. Or you could do like our executive producer does once in a while. He'll send us tweets and emails. And well, I already gave you the email, but you, he sends us... Um, not tweets, but text messages. Ooh, See, he, this is how he, how he, into this shit I am. And he could tweet us, but how how <laughs> taking over my life this is doing. <laughs> I got to get up before the twenty days to make it a habit thing. I think. Oh, that's right. <laughs> God. So, um, Justin, what, when's it an addiction? When when is it? When does it cross over into an addiction? <laughs> Justin, using our Mountain Dew Spark uh, fan line. Send us this. He asks us for a shout out to his to his amazing mom Denise, wishing her a happy birthday and retirement. He went to visit her in in uh, Tampa, Florida, for her birthday. So he said that the two of them, whenever they visit, they listen to the podcast. Oh, there you go. So there you go. So there you go. I got the shout out to Denise, the best mom. I think that's what it said. The best mom. Is that what you want me to say, Justin? To an amazing mom. There you go. Wishing her a happy birthday and retirement. Thank you guys. Much appreciated. And then he also used the Mission Barbecue email to uh, send us an email. And it's a it's a pretty long one. And it's it's in it's in it's uh very detailed and I hope it doesn't have anything to do with with his feelings in particular. It it it's it's uh it's bordering on woke. Uh oh, it's uh, Uh-oh. it's uh, Uh-oh. it's uh, it's uh, yeah, kind of. I don't know. I, I, I think, I think a little too much Zen went into that one. You were a little angry at this one. No, I wasn't angry. I just, I just, uh, I, I'm always baffled when we get these kind of questions, and we'll, we'll, well, obviously, we'll get into it, and in, in, uh, I'll craft the response, or I'll read the response that I crafted, and uh oh. You know, we'll we, see. we love you, Justin. <laughs> we do love you, Justin. Kanichiwa, Mr. Miyagi and Daniel San. It's been a while and I hope the off season is treating you well. I apologize for my absence lately. Work and a new English Mastiff puppy basically consumed my daily life. Well, good thing it's still a puppy because once that some bitch gets big. Well, you know, here's the deal. Now that now that the COVID's over, yes. everybody's using work as an excuse again. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, before it was like, um, yeah, I don't have anything to do. I'll just send you a message. Now it's all I got work. Although that's not a valid excuse. 
Correct. As he writes. Correct. I throw myself on the mercy of the podcast. Hey, okay. you're sending emails. We, we appreciate yeah. it. That's all, that's all it takes. With the draft quickly approaching, activity and leagues take that yearly but brief tick up in action, followed by a summer of quietness. My question is simple. Now, that's not... That's really not true. That's not accurate. <laughs> that's that not true. This was because I had a hard time um, figuring out how I would answer the question. But we'll, we'll, we'll. I, I actually took the email. Yes. Cut it into a separate sheet. Okay. And I answered it point by point. Okay. And then I took that and made it into a response. And then I, then I toned it down. <laughs> uh oh. And this is a friend. Yeah, I like Justin. What are your views on making a trade with a stronger team that has a more talented roster versus finding an alternative solution to build out your team to help benefit the rest of the league? Do you want to start with that? No, we'll, we'll wait till we'll we do roll. the whole thing. Oh, no, I guess we could. I mean, it's up to you. I, I would first say this. If you're not going to trade with teams that have a better roster than you, Justin, you're not trading with anybody, obviously. Oh, boom. <laughs> now, we're obviously, we're talking dynasty, right? That is correct. Okay. Okay, settle down. Well, well actually, in Justin's case, it could be either league. Oh. Okay. I've seen him draft. All right. Maybe we won't let Wayne answer this question. <laughs> he uses as an example, trade with an equal or lesser team, build through the draft, or do nothing at all, which obviously doesn't help. As I've learned in the dynasty, which was my goal for this year, if the people in Dynasty haven't figured this out yet for for Romophobic, <laughs> that uh, my job this year is to rebuild. I will have a team full of really a whole bunch of rookies. Huh. That's a bold strategy. Well, I, I, there was a, there was a guy that did that once. Yeah, I don't know, and, and you know what I think. And he made it work in a in a keeper league. I, I'm not I'm not sure, but I think he might have won. Both leagues last year. Well, I do know one thing about him. <laughs> That's right. We're, we're just talking about his brain pan there. <laughs> so here, here's my thing. When it comes to trading, and it, it's hard for me because as a commissioner, you have to be careful. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because there's another podcast out there called The Commish, The Commish Pod. Commission no, possible? It, commission po- commission possible. Yep. Where they deal with commissioning leagues and everything, mainly commissioning leagues. And they always have these stories about bad commissioner stories. Yep. And some of them are pretty funny. Some of them are funny. Some Cause, of them are. Because you're looking at going like, how in the hell would that happen in real life? Some but of but them it does. How how does a league let this happen? Exactly. But exactly. That's that's a story for another day. So my my question with this is I'm not going to worry about benefiting the rest of the league. Correct. The best thing to do is benefit your team. If to, it, it, to it, as much as you can. In my response. Yes. The one thing I do say is that if you if you take care of you and you put the best product on the, on the f- field that you can or on the quote unquote field that you can. Yes. The league will take care of itself. Right. Your your job as commission or as um an owner of a team is to make that team good. Because that's you, it. In your in your in your attempt to try and help other teams get better, you might be and I could in the past, you're wasting your time because there's a lot of teams out there that 
like the the guy that dropped out of the league this year, Fargo in in the CFFL. Okay, find out that he's been sucking for the last two years because he's just been too busy at work and never just just never wanted to leave the league because he liked it so much. Okay. And then he finally said, okay, I'm done. So here you are, you're trying to help out other teams that may not even give a damn or realize that they're holding the league down. Well, and and I I guess I would couch it in this is that uh, how in the hell do you think you're helping other teams? How are you helping other teams unless you're giving away players? Mm -hmm. And nobody... I will say nobody. I will go back as far as we want to go back yeah. in the archives. Yeah. Nobody trades and loses a trade or purposely loses a I, trade. I always lose trades. Well. Makes me feel I, that's why. That's why I said purposely. <laughs> <laughs> so Justin continues. As we all know, when you have a deeper roster, you can dictate the environment of a trade. Not true. Whether we admit this to ourselves and claim fair or unfair, this is part of the game we all love and play. I've been on both sides of this as the trader and tradee. I have also found myself asking the same question, as I know making a trade can sometimes hurt the rest of the teams in the league, but I may need to improve a specific position. No trade hurts the rest of the teams in the league unless no. you're two teams trying to trade for the same person. And then the only person it hurts is the guy that didn't, Get the guy. Or the person that didn't do a better, best, better offer to get the person that you... Right. That makes sense? Yes. Whew. Good, because I was lost there for a second. <laughs> person trade this, that, there. I, I, don't, I, I don't understand how trading uh, can be perceived as hurting other teams. It, 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 it can be perceived as weakening a single team because you're trading with a single team. But again, that's all. that's all people's perceptions. It's example of there's multiple ways to build a winning team you can trade for guys you can draft guys Mm -hmm. you can trade for picks for later to build a team to draft guys as we talked about at the production meeting correct justin was the the master beginner of trading for picks in the next season for first round picks yes and that's a that's a total option but at some point you have to stop building you have to you have to field a team for this year. If you're constantly in rebuild mode or building out mode, you're going to be in the middle of the pack all the time. You're going to be unhappy because oh, there's always teams better than me, and it's not fair. They got a big advantage. It's like no, they're just smarter than you, right? And and the people you're like I said at the beginning, the people you're trying to help are people that may not give a damn anyway, right? And, and, and are I, just here for the draft. Because we always say that too. The best part of the league is the yep. draft, draft and trading. Yep. Those are my two favorite things. Yep. And and it, well, you know the the the. And here's the thing. You know we we we've used this phrase multiple times where you're helping or hurting the rest of the teams in a league. You're not. If, if you think you are, you have an altruistic version of what fantasy football is, and it's a losing proposition. You're never going to win trying to help everybody out. You know, Oh, I got to get this guy a, a wide receiver. Oh, I got to get this guy a running back. Cause your team's never going to get built. Right. And maybe that's the problem. Maybe just, maybe that's why I don't win. I'm too nice. <laughs> that's right. Maybe, maybe you're just too good a guy. <laughs> Justin continues at times. I fall in on the sword, so to speak, and denied a trade proposal to prevent good or great teams from becoming untouchable. Other times I have not. 
The situation at the time of the trade proposal could dictate our decision, causing ripples through the league like a stone hitting a pond. I'm curious as to the line you draw in the sand when contemplating a trade and what causes you to look inward at the possible repercussions of your decision, if any. Or maybe you don't and you press forward towards the shining light of the, off that trophy. Either way, love the show and can't wait to see you both in Nashville this year. All the best, JR and Lago. Well, I, 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 you lost me in the whole... Um, um, Oh, I had it in my head now. Uh, Kung Fu. Oh, be water. Apparently he was was watching too many um, reruns of Kung Fu where Little Weed Hopper was throwing stones in the pond and raking sand. Okay, now let's be nice. All that nonsense. No, I mean it's, it's again. Zen? Again, it's yeah. It's 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 all nice to say, but it's not realistic. It's it, it, you know you're you're in a competition, right? You're trying to make money. You're trying to get a trophy. You're not and try- a mug and a glass mug. Exactly. You're not trying. You're not trying to make everybody feel good. Again, can, can I just can I just hit my response? Sure. I'll just, because I, I crafted this. Justin, I was going to send it to you, but then, I don't know, I th- thought better of it, so I didn't. But I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read it as I wrote it. I wrote it based on your, your email. Um, so here, here's, how I, here's how I saw it. Eliminating or including trade partners based on perceived team strengths is stupid. Everyone in the league, in, oh, everyone in every league should be a potential trade partner. You should always be trying to improve your team, not policing the league and the BS about improving the league by only dealing with teams that are equal or worse than you is a losing strategy. If every team goes into every year with the sole purpose of improving their team, the league will take care of itself. If you're not fully participating in all aspects of the league, that that inactivity will cause more harm to the league in the long run than any perceived shortcomings on an individual trade. And then uh, get ready to push the button. Uh-oh. Uh, I wanted to just double check. I wanted to make sure, you know, I know you were moving around the country there for a little bit. I wanted to make sure you weren't stopping in California. Because uh, there's no need to bring uh, the other owners orange slices or part- participation ribbons, parsip. Per- participation. Thank you. Participation ribbons. Not precipitation. Yeah, it's like I thought it was raining on my ribbons. I don't know what happened. Uh, every year, there's only one champion, and often it's not the best team. Uh, there's no such thing as an untouchable team. Every team deals with aging players, suspensions, injuries, all stuff that Dave is going to touch on in the news going forward, because. Oh, are you not doing news? Well, yeah, we're doing news. Oh, yeah, I got updates. Okay. okay. So you're going to touch on some of this stuff. And okay. it's, it's every day. It's every week. It's every year. You got all these things that you got to manage around. Right. And it's, it's to, to, to try to do that and take care of your team and to take care of everybody else in the league, I, I don't know how you go about doing that. Um, you know, it, 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 the owner who deals with the obstacles in the league the best is likely going to be the champion. If you're doing your part and building your team based on your convictions and you have uh, a good a shot as anyone is winning the whole thing. 
If you're going into the season worried about hurting someone's feelings or eliminating a third to a half of the potential trade partners because they have a better roster than you, then you're just doing it wrong. Uh, honestly, I don't think that that much about any of this because I play fantasy football for fun and relaxation. Well, you know, and, and the checks are nice too. Um, yeah, <laughs> except when you got to write them. Well, yeah, <laughs> that kind of sucks, but <laughs> I was hoping this would stay in my account this year. <laughs> uh, the parts I enjoy the best about are drafting and trading. And to that end, I look at league rosters for potential trade partners based on team needs and potential player fits. Or I look at what assets I have that I can garner the most trade capital for. And I just sent out an, a mass email on those players. I will guarantee you, you will not make 100% of the trades that you do not send. It only takes one owner to make a deal happen. And lastly, and unfortunately, because of the perception uh, of the so-called stack teams trying to screw the little guy, I no longer send passive trade offers anymore. I run every scenario through uh, one of a dozen or so different trade calculators to show potential trade partners that proposed deals are indeed fair. And again, I'm fully open to negotiating um, best, you know, based on my trade partner's predilections. I mean, I'm, I'm going, I'm guessing what they want, what they might like, what they want to have. Right. I want to let everybody know at every point, every single player on my roster. And I used to have this conversation with Dan a lot. You know, would you trade this guy? Would you, uh, there's nobody I won't trade. I traded Pat Mahomes for God's sakes. You know, it, it, you can't get so tied to a player that you, if somebody offers you double his value, mm-hmm. you got to make that trade. Whether you like him or not is irrelevant. It's just trying to better your team. Um, uh, normally I'll approach an owner with a basic framework for trade. So I'll look at a guy's roster. I'll say, Hey, Oh geez, he needs a running back. Oh, he needs a wide receiver. Oh, he needs a quarterback. And I'll look at my roster say, well, who, who would I be willing to get rid of? And then I'll take that guy and I'll make an offer. And in, in general, it winds up with either no response at all or a rejection. But I'd say probably 10% of the time I'll get, I'll get some kind of a response. Right. You know, Oh, I'm interested. Oh yeah. I really need a quarterback. Um, I, talked to Brian not too long ago. Uh, this is before Brady unretired, but he, he pretty much had no quarterbacks left on his roster. So I, you know, I have five of the best quarterbacks in the league. If anybody still wants to trade, uh, <laughs> but no, I sent it to Brian. I said, Hey, are you, are you looking at, at, at quarterbacks? And he said, yeah, I said, okay, well, I, you know, I've got five of them. I don't have a specific, obviously dynasty league. Well, this is dynasty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I just said, I don't, I don't have a specific, you know, want or desire. I'll go just based on, based on value. So you send me how you rank these guys. I do that because he may rank a guy that I don't think I like that much. Right. High. Well, in that case, I'll, I'll work on trading that guy, but you know, eventually we'll work on some kind of thing. And, and I, I sent him a thing and said, just rank him, send him back to me. He hasn't done that yet. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm just sitting back patiently waiting and, you know, seeing how it goes. But in the meantime, I've made a bunch of other trades. It's like, you gotta, you gotta, you literally got to put yourself out there or you're not going to get anything. And, and being a salesman, 
Yeah. Well, I mean, it helps. Yeah. And, and I do a lot of corny stuff. I do a lot of the, the car salesman stuff where, you know, it's like, you know, buy these players now, now, now. They're going to get cheaper. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, once I give them the framework, um, I ask them what, they, what they're looking to do, what they're looking to uh, acquire. Uh, that I'll go, I'll do all the work from that point on, to be honest, I'll build out trade options. I'll look at scenarios. I'll give a bunch of, I may give somebody five solutions, which in some cases is overwhelming for teams. They don't, they don't, they want one offer and that's it. Don't, don't bother me with all this other nonsense, (laughs) but you know, I send stuff out there and, um, it, it, you know, the first thing I do is I run it through the trade calculator. If it doesn't come up as fair, which in, in my case, I set my threshold at 3% one way or the other. If it's not within 3%, one way or the other. And again, trade calculators are just human beings putting numbers into a, a calculator and saying, this is what the guy's worth. They might be wrong. They might be not. But you take, you find a calculator that you believe in most because you'll go out there and look at different ones and they're all over the board. Right. And... I'll, I'll just send out what I think is, you know, fair deal. Um, or, or just in, in the case we talked about this morning with, with, um, James, I just wanted to make a trade. He had a, he had, um, uh, Trey Sermon or, uh, yeah, Trey Sermon. And I had, um, Elijah Moore, Elijah Mitchell, Mitchell, Mitchell Moore. Yeah. Mitchell, uh, all the same guy. And then he had, um, Gainwell and I had um, Sanders, mm-hmm. so I I personally wanted Sermon, you know I wanted I wanted the Mitchell Sermon combo. He didn't he didn't want to. I, I had a bigger deal in mind. He didn't want to do that, so I said, well, let's just simplify. It. Let's just make a one for one trade. Let's you get the running backs, so both of us have a a backfield lockdown. So he was okay with that. So I said, you know, which way do you want to go? Do you want the San Francisco backfield, or do you want the Eagles backfield? He wanted the San Francisco backfield. It wasn't as good a deal for me, but I want—I just wanted to make a deal. Yeah. So I said, okay, fine. So I did it. And Mitchell wound up being much better than um, Gainwell. So, you know, I lost. Last I, year. Yeah. yeah. I, so I lost the trade up to this point. Who knows? I mean, you right. know, who knows what it's going to be in the future. But, um, you know, 10, 10%. That's good enough for me. I'm I'm happy. I get to I get to make trades. I get to do stuff. And the season, I I honestly couldn't care less about. I, I as much as you know, you say you say stack teams and all this kind of stuff. Like I, I like you said, guys check out at different parts of the season. Mm-hmm. Once the draft's over, I'm I'm in trade mode. <laughs> I just want to start trading, guys. I, I don't care. I don't care about the season all that much. I you know I honestly went into last year thinking that um, Andrew had the best team that's uh, digs in a blanket mm-hmm. for the guys in the league. Um, his team stacked. He's, you know, got it really well set up. So I'm just like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm going to finish in the middle somewhere. It doesn't matter. So I was make, I just made my normal trades and did my normal stuff. And I got lucky, you know, breaks went my way. Guys got hurt on other teams year before I got, I got unlucky where Alvin Kamara scored what five touchdowns in a game. Yeah. And for the first weekend, uh, the first weekend of the playoffs. And I'm thinking I got this thing wrapped up. And then he, I forgot who he had. Um, uh, do you have Allen and Diggs? He had some combo that went out and scored a shit ton of touchdowns and kicked my ass. I'm like, well, that's what happened. That's what happened. So long story short, which is too late already. Um, Justin, I, I, I don't think, 
I mean, you got to run your team the way you want to, and you got to you got to react in the league the way you want to, as long as you're pers- participating and as long as you're happy with your squad, then there's no big deal. But I would never, 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 ever take somebody and put them in a category of I won't trade with them because it doesn't make any sense. It, it you know, nobody gets advantage over you unless you let them. You don't have to make a trade. Right. You know, so if you think you're getting even on the trade or better on the trade or you're helping your team on the trade, then that then you should do the trade. But if you're not going to make a trade specifically just because in your mind the team is a, has a better roster than you, that doesn't make any sense. And I hope that answers your question, Justin. <laughs> yeah, that was the longest answer we've ever had on a... It's uh, <laughs> a half of our fucking show. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> I I get passionate about certain things. Sit back, grab another soda, everybody. <laughs> grab another Mountain Dew oh, Spark. Don't don't get a Pepsi Nitro. Oh yes, we're gonna have to. We won't talk about it on this show. Okay, tease for next episode. <laughs> Just uh, don't do it. And speaking of teasing, um, before we get into the news and notes, we uh, we may be close to uh, calling it a. A victory for one lucky person in the where will he play 2022 contest i thought it was a two-man race well and not i say so much I, I say man only because it happens to be two guys that are leading it now um right now brad is well in front and the people that he's going up against i think they have pretty much the same picks and i think there's only two people that actually could win this thing yeah, I mean, a Brad, a Brad has six, and Josh has five. Okay, so it's only one one different. But do they have? Do they all have the same? Well, yeah. See, and that's the thing I was kind of going through. And saying it got to be difficult. Um, but yeah. So first ones I look at. So I mean, we could. I don't want to. I don't want to count Darnold as signed yet. Right. Ah, uh, yeah, but I mean, it, it's looking more and more. I mean, there's no, the only person they can go get now is uh, Mayfield. And they've already said no. Okay. So then, then we have, uh, Goff is probably going to be in Detroit, correct? Yeah. And everybody's, everybody that's in contention has that as the case. I could probably give Tua a green check mark for Miami. Yeah. I don't think they're doing anything with him. Okay. So we got Cam Newton. We got Gardner Minshew. We have Baker Mayfield. I'm shocked that I'm shocked that Minshew didn't get any yeah something conversation at all. Oh, uh, we have Garoppolo, Fitzpatrick, and Darnold. That's it. Yeah, not, that's and, all that's left on our list, people. Yeah, not a lot of people are going to move now. It's yeah. After the draft, you might see one or two, depending on where the rookies go. Yeah. But none of the rookies are considered starters anyway. I'm just trying to get all these prizes out of my basement. Yeah, I know. I just it's like, <laughs> it's like just get, just move on from this contest, get to the next one. But and and if this lasts a little longer, what we'll do is wait, if, wait, hold on. Go, so go just scroll through Brad's here real quick. Okay. So we've got he's got Darnold going to Carolina. He's got Fitzpatrick with no team. Goff with the Lions. Garoppolo with Washington. Yep. And Mayfield with Cleveland. Yep. Okay. So let's go to let's go to Josh. Okay. So he's got Darnold with Carolina, same. Fitzpatrick, no team, same. He's got Garoppolo going to Tampa Bay, so that's different. Yeah, and that's not going to happen. I I don't think so, but 
you know, with the whole, you know, Tom wants to go to Miami and stuff. Right. But I mean, the, the more it looks right. Garoppolo's staying in Frisco. Yeah. It, it seems, seems like both of these guys are going to yeah. get this wrong. Yeah. Uh, they both got Goff to Detroit. Yep. Now he's got Mayfield to the Vikings, which isn't probably going to happen, but I don't think it's probably going to be Mayfield to Cleveland either. So, Oh, you don't think he's going to be stuck in Cleveland? Uh, I, I don't think he wants to be there. I think he may sit out. Well, but he'd still be with Cleveland. Oh, right? uh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. He's still under No. Is he under contract? Yeah, yeah. he's still under contract. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. well. So well, there, there's only there's only two like two people still in the running. Two well, there's two people in the running, but there's also only two positions that could flip the thing. So there's there's enough that it could yeah. change who's in charge. So what happens is sorry, Brad. Uh, let, let, here's what we're gonna do. So if 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 they want to get in the guillotine league this year. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll get them in. And then if one of them wins be, after we do the draft and everything gets going, because I'm, I'm having a idea that this is probably not going to be over before we do a draft for the guillotine league. Well, why don't you, or just, before we start up the guillotine league, why don't you just cap this? I mean, and I, I guess we, we'd have to put it out to the, the two guys, Brad and, and Josh, because yeah. there's the only two guys really in it. Um, put a cutoff so that they can get into the guillotine. League. Well, I mean, we'll let them in either way. If they want to be in, they could be in. And then we'll just hold off on, you know, this is getting into the weeds of the whole. Yeah. But, and then whichever one wins, you know, they'll, they'll get their team paid for by the league here. You know, not by the league, but by the podcast. But how do you, how do you, since there's two guys available and there's only one team spot. Yeah. They could tie though, too. That's true. Couldn't they? Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. if, If, yeah. So then they're both in anyway. Oh, okay. Oh. Oh, interesting. We'll make it work. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. The playoff league we can wait on anyway, so that's not Yeah. It'll be decided by then. Oh. <laughs> Let's hope Hopefully. so. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Cam Newton signed somewhere. What? We need your What? There's another COVID outbreak and we're gonna cancel the season? What? <laughs> uh, all right. That's all cleared up. It's time for the news. And like the rest of my sports life, even the NFL has been getting crazy. What? Yes. <laughs> I, I've, I've come to the realization that at first I thought the whole thing with the Washington commanders was just bad management. I'm starting to think that the NFL doesn't want Daniel Snyder in the NFL anymore. You think? Yeah, I'm thinking that. Like, well, let's see if we can get them out with the whole thing about the cheerleaders. Yeah. Okay. That didn't work. All right. Well, let's see if we can get them out by by talking about his stadium with the poop pipes leaking and the, and the stands not holding together. And that didn't help. That didn't work. Well, all right. Let's, let's try this email thing. <laughs> well, that didn't work. All right, well, let's tell him he can't have any say in anything that goes on in the league. He can't be at the one-per-team meetings, at the at the owners' meetings. He has to be his wife. Well, that didn't work. <clears throat> well, let's try this one now. <laughs> this might be the straw that breaks the camel's back and gets Daniel Snyder out. 
Word from the NFL is that the Washington Commanders have been keeping two sets of books stating the revenue from ticket sales. There was one set of books for the government and one set of books for the NFL. Now, this is all going to depend on which one is the wrong book. Yeah. Because if it's the government, that's not good. He's going to jail. <laughs> I'm assuming the go- the book for the government is the correct one. Yeah. Because you don't want to screw with the government. Well, rich guys, though. Yeah. That's the problem. And then, so the wrong book, I'm assuming, is the one for the NFL. Yeah. Which is downplaying the amount of money that he has to give to the league. But either way, if, if he gets a federal f- offense against him, yes, the league will come down on him anyway. Yeah, I mean, he's screwed either way. Yeah, yeah. If this is true, correct. the The commanders are saying this isn't this is this isn't true. This is all fake news hype. Yeah. So we'll see. Isn't that what they said about the uh, sexual assault with um, Deshaun or with the cheerleaders? No, well, with the with the office personnel and the cheerleaders. Oh, yeah. yeah. They said that was all fake news too, and. Well, you know, well, it wasn't again, so much. <laughs> nothing happened. You know, I know, nothing, yeah. Nothing came of, out of it. Everything right. just kind of disappeared. Yeah. So you wonder. And then the crazy NFL world spun some more. <laughs> so apparently the Rooney rule wasn't working very well for him in, in, in only, the way they wanted it to. It only to. took them how many years to figure that out? <laughs> so they've decided to just, hey, if if we can't discriminate a little bit, let's discriminate some more. Yeah. That always works. <laughs> if we get discriminated against certain groups, let's just discriminate against everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so they've they've just decided to jump right over that legal line that is the equal employment opportunity laws by now requiring NFL teams to employ a female or a member of an ethnic or racial minority to serve as an offensive assistant coach. Now this person will receive a one year contract and work closely with the head coach and offensive staff to gain experience. Yes, because forcing teams to hire people that they don't want to hire, yeah. that often leads to people getting promoted and yeah. advancing in the organization. Yeah. So so now we're supposed to give minorities and females a paid internship to gain experience? Not only that, but let's also just openly discriminate against white males. Oh, you can't discriminate against us. Why? Because we're privileged. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. And the NFL can't even get through the explanation of this new legal requirement without saying, we recognize we have seen progress on some fronts, but we still have some way to go on other fronts. So they're, they're seeing more minorities being hired, but apparently they're not being hired fast enough or by the right number the NFL wants there to be. Correct. It's, it, it entirely comes down to head coaches. Yeah. There are a ton of ethnic diverse um coaches uh, co- coaches and um head office people yeah just not head coaches there's just not head coaches so head coaches the magic bullet well, for for blacks and women well the, the 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 funny thing that 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 i um i i took from this was going back to Tampa Bay and the old white guy mm-hmm. got forced out by the quarterback right and instead of promoting the young, up and coming, oh, this guy deserves a job in the NFL, in uh, um, Byron Leftwich. Leftwich. Yeah. 
they promote Todd freaking Bowles, yeah, the, who was a flop as a coach. failure at yes. the Jets. So it's like, why is the rule not working? Because teams are stupid. <laughs> They're not promoting the guys that have the talent. If Bry- Byron Leftwich is being considered for all these jobs, for whatever reason he didn't get them, if it was because they were in the playoffs or you know because of that rule where they would lo- allow him to talk to everybody yeah. except for the guys that were still in the playoffs, right. oh, that's not unfair. Of course it is. But So Leftwich got, quote, unquote, left behind. But now the team goes and makes Todd Bowles a failed head coach. He happens to be African-American. The, the, the new head coach, instead of taking the young, talented guy, mm-hmm. who happens to be Byron Leftwich, who also happens to be African-American, and, and making him the head coach and giving a guy a chance who hasn't had the chance before, so he hasn't failed at it before. Yeah. So... Just for some stats, the NFL has seen an increase in a number of people of color in all coaching positions from 35%. 35% of all coaches in 2020 season were African-Americans or minorities. Okay. Last season, 39%. Okay. So my question is, what is the correct percentage that the NFL wants? Well, have you, have not, have you not been listening to the talking heads? No. This is my favorite stat. Okay. Oh, the league is made up predominantly of African Americans. Yeah. So, well, the league is made up of zero percent women. Yes. Why are we forcing women into coaching? Th- this is what I'm saying. It they 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 slice and dice, and we've talked about this before. Yeah. They slice and dice the information however they want to, but when you shine the light on it and go, this makes no sense. But all the talking heads continue to push the fact that, well, you know, most of the players are, are African-American, so yeah. they're implying that most of the coaches should be African-American. It's like... So then shouldn't we increase the number of white players that are required to be on a team? Maybe there should be an incentive if you if you draft a white player. <laughs> you lose you a get, pick. You, you get an extra... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you actually lose a pick. If you're that stupid... <laughs> the next obvious question is, why does this only go for the offensive coaching staff? That's a good point, too. I mean, are there the correct number of minorities and women on defensive staffs that they don't need to do that? There must be. Or, they or, have a metric. You know they or do. Or do they have this belief that, well, most of the head coaches come from the offensive side, so if we get minorities and you know, in some paid internship that uh, maybe. I, I still think that. Well, I mean, but again, you got, um, who, who's the, the guy in Kansas City? The offensive coordinator. Eric Bieniemy. You got Eric Bieniemy and you got. Who has been offered head coaching positions, yes, yes. but has turned them down because they're not in the NFL. Right, because so, he, he he doesn't want to take that circular route to the NFL. He wants to just be handed something Correct. rather than work his way up. Yes. But you, then you have, you have the guy in Tampa Bay who, again, same situation, not getting promoted because there was somebody, there was an impediment in front of him. Well, now the impediment's gone, but they still don't promote, you know? So it's like, mm-hmm. what are other teams to think when your own team won't promote you? Right. Well, and this is something I've been saying a lot when we talk about this subject. If you want to stop discrimination based on race, gender, and sexual orientation, stop requiring your organization to dis- to be discriminating based on race, gender, and sexual <laughs> orientation. Yes. Well, when 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 are we going to change it to uh, 
they them <laughs> that has to be on a roster. It's, like, it's 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 go, you know it's going that way. It's gonna the the NFL is the most woke. Well, no, no, that's not true. NBA is the most woke league in the yeah. in sports. But yeah. the NFL is trying really hard to <laughs> compete with. We want to be number one in everything. Yeah, yeah. So and the bizarre world continues in the NFL as if two stories weren't enough. <laughs> Colin Kaepernick continues to believe that he is qualified to be a quarterback in the NFL after not being in the league for over five years. And and what 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 situation screams that he's never going to get a job in the NFL? What situation screams? Well, for me, if I was an owner of a team, it would have been when the day he said, the no, NFL is, is a plantation. Well, correct. But but this is this is a specific team situation where if he was ever going to get a job, this would be the job he'd get, and he ain't getting that job. Uh, would that be Pete Carroll? That would be Seattle. Yeah. Pete Carroll Pete saying, Car- oh, he deserves to be on a team. He deserves to be brought in. Yeah. It's like, well, Petey, yeah. why aren't you bringing him in? Exactly. Why aren't you giving him a position? You don't have really a starting quarterback. Exactly. I, I would I would say right now, Colin Kaepernick would be a better starting quarterback than Drew Locke. You think so? Absolutely. I'm, I'm not even questioning it. Huh. Drew Locke sucks. Well, well, he sucks. Stop. Just stop. That's going to be hey, my new. I'm not a Twitter. <laughs> no, but you're making the tweets I'm, the same way these I'm, people I'm, on there are making. I'm speaking the truth. <laughs> but I, I just find it amazing, like I said, that a guy who had come out and said, you know, he deserves he deserves to be on a team. He deserves to get a chance. Yep. Like, well, why aren't you giving him a chance? Exactly. It's it's the guys that P, Petey has a, a apparently... PD has a retirement yeah. uh, um, strategy. Okay, where he's going to get instead of walking away from football, he's going to get a, a, a job in the front office of the NFL as the woke coordinator. Oh, so he's going to go out and campaign for um, reform in hiring oh, practices. There you go. So him and his broken nose. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he he's he's beating the drum as loud as he can on all these options, but then again. It's it's what do they say the the doctor who won't won't take his own medicine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why would you? Yeah. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. <laughs> exactly. Well, and then on top of that, I find it amazing that Colin Kaepernick, who, like I said, referred to the league as a plantation run by slave owners, wants to be all of a sudden back on that plantation. Exactly. Especially after he turned down two opportunities in the past five years. Well, to be back on a team, but I, I guess the thing that nobody's talking about is, did the NFL not pay him off? Yes, with the understanding that he would just go away, that he would not be working in the NFL anymore. Yeah. I, I there is no way I would bring him on my team. But but I thought I, 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 I thought I thought that was uh, I thought that was a tenant in the deal is that he wasn't going to work in the NFL again. Yeah. I, I thought they, that that was the agreement, and all of a sudden it's like, well, I want a job. I want a job. I want a job. It's like, so does your girlfriend, but she got fired too. So, <laughs> oh man, oh wow. So you you want you want some team cancer news? Oh yes, Antonio Brown has made a statement regarding his availability. Did you hear about this? <laughs> no. It goes a little something like this. Quote, I need to get my ankle fixed. 
but I just want to make sure I got an obligation or commitment from a team first. Yeah, I'm not going to have the. He's pulling a Michael Thomas. Yes, I'm not going to have a surgery until they commit to me. Yeah, so I will not be available <laughs> when they when commit, they to, commit to me yeah. because I have to have the surgery. Like I'm, a, I'm a freaking idiot. <laughs> he has to have the surgery regardless. Why would you not get why, it done? Why would you walk around the whole off season when you could be rehabbing that thing? Exactly. And wouldn't I? I, and I would show another team that you're interested in being a a. Pro- a productive person on their team. Exactly. I mean, you're not going in cryo chambers with no boots on. You're not, <laughs> you know, do something smart for once. And then we come to this. Tom Brady continuing to want the spotlight shining directly on him. You know, his side of the NFL today. It looks like uh, he's been the drive. He was the driving force behind Bruce Arian stepping aside as head coach for Tampa Bay. Uh, speculation abounds from all sorts of media outlets, and my favorite and most likely true speculation is this. Tom Brady never wanted to retire. He asked Tampa Bay to make a head coaching change. Tampa Bay said no. Brady retired. Brady tried to force a trade somewhere. Tampa said no. After a while, Tampa gave in and laid out a timeline for transition to Eric to um, Todd Bowles, and Brady agreed and retired. Now, we found out this week that there's more to that story. That the day after Tampa Bay lost their playoff game, Tom Brady had an agreement with Miami Dolphins to become part owner of the team. Do, do the Robbies still own? No. Miami? Okay. I don't think the Robbies own. Okay. Anymore. So we also found out that Sean Payton retired from the Saints, because he was going to be part owner of the Miami Dolphins. So that's why the two of them retired on the same day, was it? And was it the same day that Mike Flores or, yeah, Flores. Brian. Brian Flores came out with his accusations against Tampa Bay? I was in that window. I I can't think back. All in the same amount of time. Yeah. Which then threw a whole wrench in the Tom Brady, Sean Payton becoming part owners of the team. Because the idea was that Brady would become part owner of the Miami Dolphins. They would work on a deal to get him out of his contract in Tampa Bay. And then he would be quarterback for the Dolphins. Just here's another, let's throw another wrench at Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah. That he had to deal with last year with Deshaun Watson. But... After the Brian Flores thing, like I said, that that all flew apart and went away. Um, they they scrapped that whole idea, which meant Tom Brady was stuck in Tampa Bay. Well, isn't isn't it weird too that I mean we talked? I know way back when we talked about this, where we said uh, there were rumors, you know, in the background that Brady was going to retire, wait until the sometime in the in the preseason yep. to unretire when Tampa Bay was up against the uh, cap. Yep. And then it would, would force them to make a trade with him. Yep. And all the rumors at that time were he's going to San Francisco. Like Brett Favre did. Yeah. Yeah. So, he, and, you know, rumor was that he, he was going to come back. He was going to force them, you know, to, to, to honor the, their commitment to him, which they wouldn't be able to do and field a team. So they would trade him to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Well, then all of a sudden this Miami thing comes out of nowhere. And I thought 
there's no way Tom Brady's going to go to Miami. But then apparently he wanted to be there all along. Like he's, he's got a house in Miami. He um he wanted to go to Miami before Tampa Bay. Oh, that that was the whole idea. Okay, but that didn't work out. <laughs> um, and then I'm sure the whole thing where Bruce Arians said, "Yeah, you want Tom Brady five number ones." Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing is in in this whole master plan scenario. I don't know how they figured it was going to work because Tampa has all. Not some, not most, all of the upper hand. Yeah, absolutely. because he's under contract. He's already retired, so they've they're already committed to paying him whatever they got to pay him. Mm-hmm. So, and they've already got the dead cap money. So, stay unretired. We don't care, Tom. <laughs> well, and and um, and then Bruce Arians on his way out just threw him under the yeah, lit up Tom Brady. Finally, somebody's taking that turd bag and just well that, that's what i mean if, if you if you go back and check out the tweets and stuff arians has been throwing him under the bus for two years good he he, he just somebody needs to like knock that guy down to earth well, he's I, not you know you know that's never gonna happen no. <laughs> yeah, arian said he gets way too much credit for the yes. successes of this offense yeah mm-hmm. and that's the kind of stuff that arians has been saying for two years and that's what pissed tom brady off that yeah. you know but I, but what i don't what i don't understand is he, tom brady was fine taking that bullshit from belichick right <laughs> well what's changed well because he he knew what was coming up which which brings us now to our rankings and this is where the tom brady story has something to do with fantasy football oh because now that it looks like tom brady is actually going to be the more you talk about it playing on a team that he doesn't really want to be on mm-hmm what does that do to your rankings? Well, I see your your rankings are starting to look more and more like mine. Not even And by the beginning close. of the, by, by the time close. the season starts, they'll probably be equal to mine. Where's your Where's your Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson not on my list. Oh, where's your Deshaun, Deshaun Watson? Deshaun Watson not on my list. Oh, where Deshaun, I I don't I don't, I don't rank guys in the top ten. Where, where's they're going to be playing most of the season. Where's your Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson not on my list. Okay, so how are our lists anywhere similar? Well, your stop it. Now notice how as as a famous man once said, stop just it. Just stop. <laughs> so if you go to cffpodcast.com <laughs> on the 2022 C fantasy rankings, you'll notice that the Lamar Jackson that Wayne talks so highly of, he already has them down a spot from when we first made this list. It, one another spot. Couple, another one couple spot. weeks. Deshaun Watson will be off that list. I had I had to make room for Russell Wilson. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and you know who I have rated even with where you have Aaron Rodgers. So our lists are so similar. Well, like I said, Russell will start falling. Aaron will start climbing. I don't know how you have Patrick Mahomes down three spots. He has no wide receivers. Neither does Aaron. That's why they're down there. Oh. And then we go to running backs. And your running backs are, you know, getting closer to being like mine. No, because look at I have Devontae Williams as number two. Where do you have Devontae Williams? I have Devontae Williams. Not on your list. He's on my list. Nope. How do I not have Devontae Williams on my <laughs> list? That's what I keep asking, but you keep denying him. Oh, my God. See? I'm just pointing out the obvious that you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> All right, my list will be updated. 
How do I not have Devonta Williams on my That's list? That's what I'm saying. You got you got you you hate Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, well, he's, and you've got him on your list. He fell down to well, you know, just this is what I learned. But it, but it, I'm but it, 54 it, years old. I've been in the league for 30 years. This is what I've learned. You can't play with your heart. You finally learned that. I finally learned that. So I may not like Christian McCaffrey, but I do have to admit he's in the top 10 running backs. Well, of course. Until he snaps his ankle again. Except for, you know, on my list, he's not. But yeah, well. Because when he hurts his leg again, then you're yeah. going to go. Run, receivers are just all over the board. Those things keep moving. Oh, God. With all the trades and all the moving around yeah. stuff. Gosh almighty. But we move on to this fantasy relevant news. I don't know if this is going to change your wide receiver rankings. But Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Devontae Parker. Has been traded by the Miami Dolphins. Oh, yeah, that won't affect my list. <laughs> okay. He's been traded to the New England Patriots for a steal. The Patriots got Devontae Parker and a 2022 fifth-round pick for a 2023 third-round pick. So, essentially, they moved back two spots. Two rounds. Who? Oh, no. Is, is, no, it's a, a third-round pick next year. So, their, their, their fifth was this year? Yeah, they got a fifth from Miami. So that's about equal to a fourth the next year. Okay. So you literally move back a round. Wow. Since breaking out in 2019 with 72 catches, 1,202 yards, nine touchdown campaign, Parker has struggled to repeat that production, as we've noticed. The wide receiver totaled 103 receptions for 1,308 yards and six scores combined the last two years. Mm. He was also overtaken as Miami's go-to target in 2021 by first-round rookie Jalen Waddle. Extremely talented Jalen Waddle. Yes. Yes. Waddle. <laughs> the Patriots will welcome Parker into the receiving core uh, that heading into the 2022 season looks like this. Kendrick Bourne. <laughs> Nelson Aguilar. Oh, my God. Jacoby Myers, who I, may be the odd man out. I like Jacoby Myers. I do, too, but they're talking he might not even make the team. Well, you know what? He might be lucky. He he can go. He, actually, you know what? The Packers ought to pick him up. Yeah. Uh, Nikhil Harry. And? Yeah, Harry's cut. How about this name? Ty Montgomery. Oh, my goodness. Other pass catchers include tight ends Hunter Henry, John Smith, and running back James White. Mm. Scary? Well, Is that scary I at mean, all? J- James Thank White God isn't. Mac Jones. I'm going to say James White isn't going to be the weapon he was under Brady with Mac Jones, but he's still serviceable as a yeah. running back. But In more wide receiver news, the Bills have given a contract extension to Stefan Diggs. Four-year, $104 million extension that includes $70 million in guaranteed money. So it's four years, 100 and 104. So that's 26, $26 million a year. So, well, yeah. I saw the ranking of where each one is now. Devontae Adams no longer the top paid wide receiver. Oh, no, he's been passed twice. <laughs> but now, here's the funny thing is, well, uh, Stefan Diggs is younger than Devontae, though. Yes. Younger than Tyreek. I'm like, well, I don't know. Would I. Of those three guys, I would, I would be more likely to give. Well, and, and apparently, Stefan Diggs has become a true team player. Uh oh. No, Look he, out. he has said that because uh, his brother, the other Diggs in Dallas, was trying to get him in Dallas, 
And Diggs said, no, I, this, I want to end my career in Buffalo. I want to be on one team and that that's it. I'm done. This is, this is where I'm going to put all my eggs. So well, good for him. Yeah. Um, like I said, Diggs had two years remaining on his current deal and it looks like the bills wanted to get him signed before the market got even more out of whack with salaries. Well, that's the thing is that you get these guys and they're like, you know, like, like, um, Devonte Adams. Oh, we can't sign him. Can't sign him. Can't sign him to the richest contract. Three guys later, boom. Yeah, he's he's in not the same he, off season. Exactly. We already saw Tyreek Hill sign a seventy-two point two million guarantee, and Di- Devontae Adams receive sixty-five million guarantee. The question is, are these contracts becoming too much for teams to uh, field a winning team in the future? As Dan mentioned a while back. Well, I, I will say this to the lay people: yes. Yeah, you look at it and go like, "Oh my God, the, well the the cap is this, and you, you yeah. can't put all the money under." It. And then you realize the salary cap doesn't mean shit. I mean, you, anybody that's watched Tampa Bay the last two years, it's like well, there's magic money out there. Tampa Bay and the Rams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know, the, and the Rams are doing exactly the opposite of what Dan wants. They're just giving their picks away. It's like, oh, we don't want this pick. We'll give them to you for you know some aging veteran something yeah. or other. Yeah, just to make our run this year. But but the guys that you would draft of those draft picks would be getting paid a lot less. <laughs> yeah. And the craziness on this receiver thing all started with the unbelievable money that was given to Christian Kirk. Yes. In the offseason. Either either he's going to blow up this year and be something to behold. Oh, just wait till he or, bombs. Or he's just going to be, well, I mean, he, I think he'll just be an average receiver like he has been. And the contract will be like one of the, everybody's going to point to in the future and say, that's when it changed. That's when it changed. And the other question is, is this lower your rankings of Stefan Diggs going in, going off the idea that these athletes usually drop in performance after signing big contracts. I don't believe that for the top echelon guys. Mm-hmm. He's not necessarily a top echelon guy, but he's right there. Yeah. Uh, things may not be all rosy in Cleveland as as of yet with uh, Deshaun Watson. A federal judge has ordered that Watson will have to answer questions <laughs> aiming to determine whether he had sex with any of the 18 massage therapists who issued statements of support for the quarterback. He's still facing 22 active civil lawsuits concerning sexual harassment and assault. The lawsuits describe accounts that range from Watson refusing to cover his genitals... <laughs> To touching the therapist with his genitals and trying to force them to perform oral sex on him. The lawyers for the therapist are now asking the judge to compel Watson to answer questions, seeing as how he pleaded the fifth around 20 times during his depositions. (laughs) And as I've said on previous episodes of this spectacular podcast, if you truly did nothing wrong, there'd be no reason to plead the fifth. Correct? That is correct. Watson is also required to produce information pertaining to his massage history since 2019, as well as language about massages in his contract with the Houston Texans. Oh, so there's supposedly some well, they're, they're, a smoking gun there. Well, they were they were mentioning this before. It's like, well, how come you're going about private massages with all these massages? How many? How many? Times you have to change a massage therapist. And that's when he went to this rambling answer about, well, you know, availability and blah, blah, blah. And like, well, doesn't the team have massage therapists? Uh, around the clock. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, Rob Gronkowski. He has yet to sign a contract with Tampa or any other team. 
and it looks like Gronk isn't quite ready to commit to playing this season yet, if you believe him. Gronk said on TMZ that he avoided playing catch at a charity event recently because, quote, I knew if I started catching some passes that my head would have started turning. Like, oh crap, I got to get back out on the field. Gronk continued, and right now, I'm not ready to get back out on the field. I'm not ready to commit to the game of football right now. Now, 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 this doesn't mean that you should be all too worried about Gronk. He tends to do this quite often. Now, now when Gronk was given this answer, had he had more than one beverage? I don't know. Don't know. <laughs> My guess it is, was on TMZ. Did, did he say, did he say dude or bro a bunch of times? <laughs> bro. <laughs> bro, what are you doing? <laughs> this, this could all be Gronk just trying to get more leverage with the team. Now. Yeah. Um, yeah, he ain't no dummy as much as he plays one on TV. He, he ain't no dummy. Yeah. And did you hear his other interview where he where he kind of like threw New England under the bus? No. Calling New England cheap? Like okay. uh, something to do with contracts and stuff. And, uh, and New England was kind of cheap and wouldn't well, really. Well, I mean, they're notoriously that way. They cut players because they don't want to pay them. And they went through all those running, all those uh, defensive backs yeah. for years. So that's it for the news and notes. And now an hour into the show, and we're getting to the part that you've been waiting all this time for. <laughs> this is our 2022 rookie wide receiver rankings. Uh, like I said, I'm going to start at number 13. Is that all right with you? That's fine. All right. It's unlucky, but it's fine. Okay. My number 13 receiver rookie, Jalen Tolbert, South Alabama. Six foot one, 194 pounds. He's listed as a good route runner with good natural hands. He recorded back-to-back 1,000-yard receiving seasons with South Alabama, and he led the Sun Belt in receptions, yards, and yards per reception. Jalen Tolbert, number 13. Do you want me to do my number 13? Sure. Okay. I have John Michi III from Alabama. He's one of the the, um, sprites in this draft, 5'11", 187. (laughs) He's neither, and this 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 is Captain Obvious, uh, he's neither the biggest nor the fastest receiver in the class. Uh, like his speed, speedier teammate, my, uh, Michi is rehabbing from a torn ACL. Always a problem. He suffered in the SEC championship game in December. While he lacks uh, elite traits, he has a well-rounded skill set uh, and the versatility to align outside or in the slot, which is rare in this class because almost all of them are slot receivers. Right. Uh, the junior finished the 2021 season with 96 receptions, 1,142 yards, eight touchdowns, and was not as his um, was at his most productive uh, down the stretch, with 62 receptions, 779 yards, and six touchdowns over his final seven games. So he did it at the right time. And as you're going to learn with most of the receivers in in our list here, a lot of them are slot guys. Yeah. Uh, I think there's what two, two or three guys that are not slot <laughs> yeah. guys. Everybody else is. And Mechie, like uh, other potential slot guys on the list, he has the best. His best trait is his ability to gain separation. The negative for him is that he tends to catch most of his passes with his body, mm. causing a concern for drops. Yep. And that is fixable, much like the uh, stripes being missing from the football for Jamar Chase last year. See? So, so there's always hope. <laughs> I, I have met you at number eight. So oh, okay. There you go. Number 12 for me, Christian Watson, North Dakota State University. 6'4", 208 pounds. One of the few yeah. 
guys that's over five foot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Watson has been one of the biggest winners during the preseason process. Uh, he has an elite combination of size and speed with a wide catch radius, and he's elusive for a big receiver. He is the son of a former NFL safety, Tim Watson. He ran the sixth fastest 40-yard dash, 4.36, among receivers and led all combine participants in the broad jump at 11 foot 4 inches. Yeah, see? Christian Watson. I have Christian Watson as my number five. You do? Yeah, he's from the senior bowl on. All the postseason stuff, all the combine, all that stuff, he's just killed it. So he was a, he was a relatively unknown guy. Okay. He's he's come on gangbusters. And isn't North Dakota State where all the... Um, yeah, Carson Wentz and Trey Lance. Yeah. All the so. guys that... Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it's different for receivers. Yeah, it's, yeah, you never know. Who's your number 12? My number... Oh, I got I to gotta scroll down. Number 12? <laughs> I have David Bell from Purdue at number 12. 61212. Uh, his biggest uh, red flag, he was one of the top five guys right. going into the, the um, postseason. But uh, his 40 time, which is 465, wasn't, wasn't, well, it's not good. <laughs> 455 is the average. Yeah. So he's below the average. Ooh. So that ain't going to make you one of the top guys. And everything else, I mean, he's, he's, Constantly being compared now to Nikhil Harry. Yeah. Because he's a contested catch guy, can't separate, blah, blah, blah. Um, well, obviously, <laughs> he's 465. He ain't separating from anybody. <laughs> but I don't know. You know, you never know. It's like guy, um, Cooper Cup ran a 4640. Yeah. So well, he's a big white. Well, that's a, yeah. The white guys can run slow because yeah. they have They're to. They're all right. It's, it's a requirement. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had Bell at number nine. Uh, okay. His two main weaknesses, uh, his downfield play and speed. And all those, those may be a negative. He does possess great jump ball ability mm-hmm. and ball tracking skills, which could lead to success in the red zone. So if you're looking for a red zone receiver, David. Well, they're, they're saying too, I heard, I actually heard a, uh, one of the guys um, on one of the podcasts I listened to who said that uh, basically Nikhil Harry isn't as bad as Nikhil Harry appears. He's he's on an offense that won't use what he does well. Right. So I'm like, you never know. I mean, you, 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 that's why everybody says landing spots the most important thing. Right. It, yeah. All, all these could change too. Once exactly you find out who actually drafts them. Yeah. Like my number eleven guy, Sky Moore, with two Y's, Western Michigan, five ten and two O's. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> five ten, one hundred ninety five pounds. He was an option quarterback and defensive back in high school and was recruited to Western Michigan as a cornerback. He was converted to wide receiver based on team need. He led the Broncos in reception yards as a freshman, and there's a decent chance that he gets drafted earlier than former teammate and second-round pick last year, D. Eskridge. The negative is that we have next to no sample of more producing against high-level competition outside of the Mighty Mighty Mac. So... That's why I have him down in number 11. I actually have him at eight. Okay. And uh, his comp is Julian Edelman. Oh. So if he gets any part of that, it'll Hall be Hall of Famer? I mean. Julian Edelman? Yeah, yeah. That guy. Shit. 
Uh, my number 11, I don't have a lot on him, but it's Alex Pierce from Cincinnati. Okay. He's one of the guys that's flying up boards everywhere. He's 6'3", 211. So he's, you know, prototypical wide receiver size. Um, he, a comp I have for him that uh, somebody had mentioned is MVS. Oh, so Marcus Valdez Hantley. Yeah, he's a he's a speed guy. He, uh, you know, sets the table that way. But apparently, he's a better route runner underneath. So hopefully, he brings something else to the table. He's a guy I wouldn't mind the Packers getting in round two. Okay, he did not make my top thirteen. No, no. I'm, I'm unlucky for him. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Maybe he was fourteen. <laughs> Number 10 for me would be Justin Ross from Clemson, six foot four, 205 pounds. That's the second guy, six foot or large. Oh. Um, Justin Ross was not uh, a name a couple of years ago, but that cool. He, well, he was, he was a hot name a couple of years ago when, when they had, um, oh, Amari Rogers and didn't, um, who's the quarterback? Uh, um, the guy in Cincinnati. Uh, no, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. guy in Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of LSU. Forget it. Uh, he was a hot name a couple of years ago, but that uh, cooled off quite a bit since then. He missed the entire 2020, 2020 season with a neck and spinal issue. That is not good Mm-mm. for a wide receiver. No. Uh, while he isn't one of the fastest guys available in the draft, he is one of the most physical. He's able to use his size to muscle through contra- contact from defensive backs, and he's also fantastic at going up for the ball. He's most likely going to become a very good red zone threat. There you go. Another red zone receiver for you. <laughs> uh, Justin Ross is at, was at 15 for me. Okay. Um, and again, yeah, he's, he's not, th- th- this is the, the fastest draft class that I recall. Fast but short. Yes, very short. But, uh, yeah, that's that just interesting. Uh, my number 10 is uh, Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama. Uh, savvy route runner with natural hands. Uh, had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons for the Jags. Uh, as he was a Sun Belt, uh, led the Sun Belt in receptions with 82 re- uh, receptions, uh, 1,474 yards, uh, and 18 yards per reception. Uh, he had more than 140 yards in six of his 12 games. Uh, he's the oldest guy in the draft this year at wide receiver. So Okay. Like I said, I had number nine with for me was David Bell. We went over him already. Who's okay. your number nine? My number nine. Oh, what do you know? I think I uh I think I skipped a guy. Uh oh. I think I didn't I think I didn't number him right. That's all right. Um, no, we'll just, we'll just say Tolbert. I just actually was my number nine. Okay. My number eight was John Mechie, who already went over. Who's your number eight? Eight was Sky Moore that we went over. Okay. Which brings me to number seven, Jahan Dotson, Penn State University, five foot 11, 178 pounds. Outstanding hands, elusive in the open field, even though he won't break a lot of tackles. Adding value as a punt receiver or returner, Dotson finished his final season at Penn State with 91 catches. 1,182 yards and 12 touchdowns. Not a physically dominant receiver, while he was not as clean in production per route uh, as some of the previous wideouts. Dotson isn't the biggest guy on the board, but what he lacks in size, he makes up for in speed. Has been clocked at a 4-3-3 40-yard dash, which would make him the seventh fastest wide receiver in the last five years. This is one of the guys that I keep seeing uh, all the 
mock drafters saying the Packers should take a 22. And I, I'm God, hoping. I hope not. I'm hoping not. <laughs> I, I don't like the little guys. And he's, he's short and he's light. So yeah. I, don't, I don't like either one of those He should be things. fast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Damn it, you, you're you little, so you should be fast. What's wrong with you? Number seven for you. Uh, hold on. I, got, I, I figured out what I did wrong. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. So I'm fixing it. Okay. So Sky Moore was my number nine. Dotson was my number eight. What, what are we on? Seven. Okay, so uh, Jameis Williamson from Alabama is my number seven. He comps to a taller Deshaun Jackson or Will Fuller. Neither Ooh. neither one of those are good things. No. One's just a speed guy and one's a one's guy that a can't, hurt guy yeah, that yeah. can't get off the NFL's bad list. And Jameson has both those traits in his in his toolbox. So oh. uh catching only fifteen passes in ten games over two seasons at Ohio State. Now that's the thing is he couldn't even break in at Ohio State. So he transferred. Uh had a breakout season with seventy nine receptions, fifteen hundred and seventy two yards, fifteen touchdowns in twenty twenty one. Um after he transferred to Alabama. <clears throat> While not just a deep threat, Williams track background shows up in the field uh, with his game-breaking speed. He tore his ACL, which is the injury we're talking about, yep. during January's college football playoffs, which means he may or may not be available um, well, early uh, in the season. Potentially the start of his rookie season. Yes. He's apparently ahead of schedule in his rehab timeline. Don't they all say that? Yeah. Well, they all, yeah. Until it comes time <laughs> to come on. Like, oh, he, he had a setback. I forgot to get my ankle work done. <laughs> um, uh, Wims has a talent to emerge as a number uh, as the wide receiver one, uh, which I disagree with in the draft class. And even though he may miss time to start his rookie season. Yeah. I have James, Jameson Williams at number five. Okay. He, Actually, I didn't realize he 15 touchdowns in the 13 games uh, for 1,145 yards. That's pretty good. Yeah. And again, he's going to be another one of those slot receivers. Exactly. Which every team doesn't really need right now. But, I mean, the good thing is the league's going more that way. Even good even good receivers are, you know, play, like Devontae Adams playing right. in and out of the slot a lot. So. It, it's it, it's okay for them to be a slot guy if they can play on the outside too. If they can't play on the outside, it's useless. Right. Number six for me, George Pickens of Georgia, six three, one hundred ninety five pounds. Best season came as a highly touted true freshman when he hauled in forty nine receptions for seven hundred twenty seven yards and eight touchdowns in twenty nineteen. He missed most of the past season with a torn ACL, another injury guy. The lanky receiver has natural hands and excellent body control. And because of the time he missed, it's uh, going to be tough to analyze him. But again, everybody's got him going in the first round, so it can't be that tough. No. Uh, Pickens for me is my number four guy, by the way. Uh, he comps to Devontae Adams and Brandon Lloyd, so it's pretty wide. Um, yeah, that that's like bookends right there, huh? Yeah, yeah. So somewhere in the middle? Yeah, somewhere in the, mi- <laughs> somewhere in the middle there. Uh, my number six guy is uh, Chris Olave from Ohio State, another slot receiver, six foot, one eighty-seven. He comps to Keenan Allen or Darius Slayton. Again, also a wide comp. Um, <laughs> well, we can't be wrong that way. <laughs> exactly, I've covered everybody. What do you want? <laughs> 
Uh, Alave creates easy separation as one of the most polished rut runners, and I love when they always say that. Yep. Uh, in this year's draft class, due to his speed and ability to track the ball well, he can be a weapon in the vertical passing game. He finishes Ohio State career with a school record for receiving touchdowns at 35 and averaged 15.4 yards per catch. So another speed guy who should be playing in the slot. Yeah, the, the, the comp I had on him is he was called a, a physical clone of Garrett Wilson, who Garrett Wilson. I don't know who that is. That's the white other wide receiver from Ohio State. Oh, oh, that's oh, Garrett Wilson. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking NFL clone. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, he he's supposed to have better after the catch ability, though. Okay, so there's there's the one plus for him. I I had Olavia number four. Okay, so. Uh, again, my number five, Jameson Williams, who you have at five. My five is Christian Watson, who we talked about. Okay. And like I said, four, Chris Olave for me. Uh, four for me is George Pickens. Okay. Which brings us to number three. For me, Drake London, USC, 6'5", Tallest guy on the list. Drake London. Flew under the radar mainly because he plays on the West Coast. Plus, he suffered an injury in this past season. Caught 88 passes for 1,084 yards and seven touchdowns in just eight games. In those eight games, he accounted for 43% of USC's receiving yardage and 41% of your touchdown grabs. Dang. He's the total package, a former basketball player. He'll be a matchup nightmare at the next level. And depending on where he goes in draft, he could be the best wide receiver in the 22 draft. Uh, that's what I have. Drake and, London, number and he, three. He's your three. So I got I got Drake London at two. He comps to Kenny Galladay and Cortland Sutton. Okay. So gives you an idea. My number three is uh, Garrett Wilson. Okay. Who comps to Amari Cooper and Stefan Diggs. So Garrett Wilson is like the the most can't miss guy in this draft. He's not the most talented, but he's the most can't miss. Yeah. Um he has outstanding body control. Uh, ball skills and his dynamic after the catch quick and elusive. He ran a slightly faster than he expected 40 slightly faster when he was at four, three, eight. Um, uh, my top rank wide receiver uh, prospect Wilson is a complete, uh, I mean, th- this guy's top uh, ranked receiver. He's a complete uh, receiver that finished 2022 with 70 catches, 1,058 yards and 12 touchdowns. And just jumping a little ahead a bit, since you're talking about him, Derek Garrett Wilson is my number one guy. Okay. Um, he's probably from what I've been reading, the safest of the top tier wideouts that is in terms of projected draft capital and rookie draft ADP. The downside is that he does not have the overall frame as a Traylon Burks or Drake London in terms of becoming an alpha wideout. That, that's what I've been reading about him all along yeah. is that everybody says he's a number two guy. Yeah. So your number two is my number two is Drake London. Okay. Uh, my number two, Traylon Burks, Arkansas, 6'3", 225. He uh, kind of flew under the radar this year despite his incredible numbers. 67 catches, 1,123 yards, 12 games while playing in the tough SEC. He's not going to get the recognition he deserves, mainly because he wasn't playing for Bama, Georgia, or OSU. He may be the most Jamar Chase-level receiver in the draft this year. He ranks first in yards per route run, 3.93. Third, in yards per team pass attempt, 3.52. Fourth, 
in share of team receptions, 32.2%, and third in share of yardage, 45%, and first in receiving touchdowns, 50%. He is the prototypical alpha builder at receiver. The one area of improvement for Burks is he needs to expand his route diversity. Traylon. Wouldn't mind him going to the Packers, but I am hoping for Chris Olave. Uh, Traylon Burks, who I would also like to see go to the Packers, um, is my number one. Okay. Uh, comps to DJ Chark and um, David Boston. So, again, David Boston had one good year and then yeah. got on the roids. And, See ya. Eh. <laughs> uh, he ran faster than expected, a 40 with a 4.55, which we said before is the average speed uh, for the for the um, wide receiver position. Uh, but he plays faster than that. Uh, and, again, he's 6'2", 220. He's 225. Wow. That's massive for a wide receiver. Yeah, but he's 6'5", you said? 6'2". 6'2"? Yeah, he's not, he's not super tall. Well, he could, but he's built. He could trim that down a little bit. Oh, it's yeah. like a DK Metcalf. Well, here's the one thing I've heard about um, uh, Traylon Burks. He has an eating problem. He, oh. He has an Eddie Lacy problem. He likes the China buffet. <laughs> so that's the one thing that, <laughs> and gummy bears. that scares me a little bit about him. Um, but they say he, play, you know, he plays faster than what they always say uh, when he reaches top speed due, his physica- due to his physicality and run after the catch prowess. Um, and how the Razorbacks vary his assignments. It's easy to see how his new team could use Burke similarly to how the 49ers used Debo Samuels last year. He finished 2021 with 66 receptions, 1,104 yards, 14 carries for another 112, and a total of 12 touchdowns. Yeah, maybe I'm going to change my whole idea of Traylon Burks. There ain't a lot much to do in Green Bay other than buffets. Yeah, that might be a problem. Uh-oh. I got the... Uh, <laughs> What's the pizza? What's the pizza place? Um, pizza Ranch. Pizza Ranch. Yeah, <laughs> Pizza Ranch and Who Hot and <laughs> China buffets of every kind. Uh, China buffets are closed. I think. Are they? I have not seen one open. Oh my gosh! Well, okay. Then there's a chance. Yeah, yeah. It cut half his food supply away. There are a lot of supper clubs, though. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Ponderosa still have the buffet. I think Ponderosa's still there. Okay. Yeah. Oh boy. Well. It's up in the air then for me. (laughs) But that's it for our rankings of the wide receivers, everybody. In two weeks, it's draft time. So when we come back on our next episode, it's going to be going over to draft and seeing if any of our picks change and where we move guys up and down. Is it When is the draft exactly? Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So it'll be... The last round will be on our day of our podcast yeah so that won't really matter no but first two days are where you want to get the guys okay now we're still although we're not doing the uh pick your draft order because uh it got to just be too much work for me oh i understand so instead we're still going to do a draft night party at champs okay so if you if you want to be there look up champs in brookfield if you're in wisconsin champs americana champs americana yes in brookfield We'll be there for draft night. Deal? It's um, a what night? It's a Thursday night. Okay, I was going to say, because Thursday the, night the draft is th- Not this nights. coming Thursday. No. The next Thursday. So. 20 days. Not Easter Thursday, the Thursday after Easter. Right, not Holy Thursday. Yes. Yes. Unholy Thursday. <laughs> Unholy Thursday. <laughs> Fat Thursday, as yeah, they say. Exactly. In the business. Yeah. 
That's what all the kids are calling it. That's it for this every time. It's time for the club and the fantasy girl, everybody. That's right. Fantasy girl time, everybody. Your chance to go to our website, cffpodcast.com and check out the fantasy girl. She's right there on the fantasy girl page. Gorgeous, a gorgeous lady and a very whole bunch of information about her. Hmm. So you'll learn something about her rather than just look at pictures and go, hmm. <laughs> this week's fantasy girl, Odette Annabel. Odette Juliet Yustman Annabel was born May 10th, 1985 in Los Angeles, California. She's an American actress and model. She's known for various roles in film and television, including the roles of Dr. Jessica Adams in the Fox medical drama series House, Beth McIntyre in the monster film Cloverfield, Aubrey Diaz in the ABC drama series October Road, Samantha Arias Rain in Supergirl, and Nola Longshadow in Banshee. Odette is Latina of Colombian and Cuban heritage. She graduated from Woodcrest Christian High School in Riverside, California. She got her start in acting by playing a Spanish-speaking student in the movie Kindergarten Cop at the age of five. (laughs) She was engaged to actor Trevor White until their breakup in 2008. She married her brothers and sisters co-star David Annable in 2010. She gave birth to a daughter in 2015. And in October 19, 2019, the couple announced their separation, but announced, but announced their reconciliation in August of 2020. It's Hollywood. Shit yeah, like yeah. that happens. Yeah. <laughs> the Latina actress and model stands five foot seven inches tall. She weighs 110 pounds. She wears a size eight dress, has dark brown hair and brown eyes. Her measurements are. You said she's 5'10". 5'7". 5'7". Yes. But 110 pounds. 110 pounds. I'm going to, okay. Okay. I'm going to go outside of my comfort zone this time because <laughs> I, don't, I don't think she's a typical. She, she probably is, but her pictures just don't look like it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say 23. 26. Okay. I give up. Oh, I got a freak. Um, okay. Uh, 26. I'm going to say then she's 35. Close enough. 34. She's a 34 C. I almost went 34, but you scared me because I went <laughs> I went skinnier and that wasn't right. And hips. Uh, she looks like she's got no hips at all. Um going to say... I'm going to say 34. That's exactly correct. 34, 26, 34. Man, Odette okay. Annable, your fantasy girl of the week, everybody. And that's it for the show. That quick. <laughs> that that quick. Quick, we wouldn't use that word. Quick for it, in, <laughs> in, in quotation marks. <laughs> Air quotes. Like I said, check out the website, cffpodcast.com. Uh, you can find our, our Twitter our Twitter address there while we still have it. And don't, don't, don't poke the bear. <laughs> don't poke the bear. At CFF underscore pod. 
is our Twitter handle. Also, you can uh, find the Mission Barbecue email line right there, too. That's cffpodcast at hotmail.com. And we also have the Mountain Dew Spark fan line, 414-520-8249. Leave your voicemails and your text messages, and we'll for sure answer them, just like we did with Justin this week. Hope you had a a good time for an hour and 35 minutes with his mom listening to our podcast. Happy birthday, mom. Um, and like I said, next episode, we're going to do a, a post-mortem on the NFL rookie draft. Can't wait for that. We'll have more news and notes. That should be a lot of fun. Yeah. We'll have another fantasy girl. So until then be good. 